is Lauren Hunter with Church Tech Today. I'm the founder and editor here at Church Tech Today. And today on the Church Facilities Expo podcast, better known as CFX, we have um, wonderful guest, Paul Allen Clifford. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Happy to, Lauren. Paul, you and I go back. You've been a writer for quite a number of years, eight or maybe even 10 years for Church Tech Today. I am so thankful for your wisdom and leadership in the space of everything church tech with um, ProPresenter and audiovisual and streaming. Uh, gosh, you've blessed our audience and so many pastors and leaders. And I know CFX is also going to be blessed by your wisdom. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. So, Paul, just to share with our listeners a little bit of your background, um, you've been a church tech volunteer with your church, Lexington City Church formerly Quest Community Church in Lexington, Kentucky, since 2000. Um, you're also the founder of TrinityDigitalMedia.com, um, and you've created Church Tech U, an online church tech training community. Um, you're also an author, and you've covered lots of topics like podcasting in churches, Twitter in churches, servant-hearted volunteering, and following a radical calling. Um, and gosh, the list goes on and on creativity and videography and live streaming. Thank you so much for your contribution there uh, to the world. Um, we thank you for just everything. So today I think we're going to hone in on uh, ProPresenter. I know you have a course. What's the name of your course and, and the URL where people can find that? Well, I've got a few different courses. I've got the um, probably the most apropos is I've got the ProPresenter creation course. I've got that for both ProPresenter 6 and the new ProPresenter 7. And I've got the ProPresenter live streaming course, and uh, both for Pro 6 and Pro 7. And they're all available at churchtechu.com. Awesome. Churchtechu.com. So write that down if you're listening. I'm sure if there's show notes, they'll probably be uh, there as well. Also, Paul, you did a pretty in-depth review of ProPresenter 7 over on churchtechtoday.com. So uh, for anybody out there that just wants to read, and also we have a YouTube channel with a review of that. Um, Paul does a great video review in addition to the print review. And so those are available. If you just Google like ProPresenter 7 review, it'll pull up Church Tech Today uh, and the YouTube for that. So let's see. Today we're going we're gonna to talk about the different tools out there available to help churches connect to their congregation in their worship services. What, um, we know that you do kind of specialize with ProPresenter, but you know, there are others on the market. Um, when you consult, do you consult with churches? Do you offer them some tips of, you know, there's obviously a lot of cost um, connected with ProPresenter. Not every church is of the size that can afford it. How do you approach that with churches? Well, um, I found that there are several different choices you can make. I mean, everyone has PowerPoint or Keynote or uh, Google Slides, so you could obviously start with something like that. But none of those are really made for churches. So I really think that as soon as you can take the jump into worship software, that's a better way to go. Now, maybe you can go with it if your church is perfectly regimented, uh, no one ever changes what uh, verses and choruses you're going to sing. You plan it out ahead, and it just works perfectly. But since that's almost no churches, 
Yeah, no it's, churches. <laughs> it's probably better to go with worship software because uh, whether the Holy Spirit moves or your worship leader just forgets where he or she is, doesn't matter from the operator standpoint, you don't know where you're going. It's better to use worship software because it's just designed to be able to jump from place to place really easily so that it doesn't look like you're totally clueless about what's going on, even though you are. You know what's great, though, is when you visit other churches, uh, I'm a worship leader, just a volunteer on the side. Um, it's always encouraging to notice that even the big churches struggle with keeping those lyrics on the screen um, synced up to the worship band. So it's, it's a factor of church services everywhere from teeny tiny all the way up to um, large churches. So with ProPresenter, what are some of the benefits there for churches in terms of uh, presenting a professional service and having the tools available to do what they need to do every Sunday? Yeah, so ProPresenter has been out um, about 20 years now, and it started out as something that Brad Weston, who was the first programmer, he's still a co-owner of Renewed Vision, he created for the Passion Conference. And so way back when, they wanted to be able to have a more fluid experience where back 20 years ago, there wasn't a good way to jump around from verse to chorus, et cetera, in PowerPoint. You just had to know, okay, I need to go to slide 20. And then you would type in 20 and enter or hit the space bar a bunch of times until you got there. And that just wasn't as good as having a control screen and an output screen where you could go, okay, now I need to jump to this slide and oh, it, I was wrong, it's not slide 20, it's slide 18. And then you could just click on that. So that's the genesis of all that. And so that's really why it's so good for uh, worship services and all worship software is, is because it has that innate ability to jump around without having to know where you're going, without knowing, oh, I know I need to go to this slide. Sometimes you don't know that. Sometimes you just need to figure it out in as short a time as possible. Wow, that's great. So what are some of the biggest challenges you've seen for churches trying to use systems like this? Well, there's a bit of a challenge when it comes to training people. Um, most churches are volunteer-driven, so you might have a lawyer that's running your slides on a Sunday morning, and during the week they don't have nothing to do with this. Or you might have uh, someone that is retired, and uh, maybe they're retired from a tech industry, but just because you used to program Microsoft Excel does not mean that you necessarily know the timing and everything for running uh, slide lyrics or uh, sermon notes or whatever. So there's a training uh, challenge that a lot of churches run into. Also, there's, of course, money challenges. People think, well, uh, we've got a computer, and then you find out what computer it is, and it has Windows 95, and it was uh, donated by someone two weeks ago when they found it in their basement. That's not going to... That's not going to cut it. Result. <laughs> no. So those are what all... Are the basic... Do you want to pause there and, and uh, share just the basic uh, computer needs 
to run ProPresenter well. I know it's Mac is preferable, but they're supposed to be releasing seven right fully on PC at some point. Yeah, so um, Pro 7, when they released it back in January, they released it day and day, an equal version of for Windows as they did for Mac. Now with Pro 6, I made a, I thought, pretty good argument that the Mac version was really worth the extra cost of the Mac computer. And I'll probably myself always have a Mac. But now there are churches that are saying, hey, uh, we bought a Windows machine and it's even better. So now it's not the case that you have to go either Mac or Windows. It's now the case you just need to get a good machine. And again, this isn't the cheapo machine that someone found in their basement. You need to buy a modern machine with um, just a powerful graphics card and things like that if you're going to do anything other than uh, lyrics on a still background. When you put in motion backgrounds, when you send multiple outputs to different places, etc., then you need a more powerful machine, maybe mo one more like what you would do gaming with or one that you would use for video editing. Yep, and you also need to take into consideration your, your space and setup. Our church is mobile, um, so we set up in a school uh, auditorium, so we run ProPresenter on a MacBook because MacBooks typically are more powerful and smaller and portable. Um, my son, my teenage son, last summer uh, built his own system, a gaming system with a super expensive graphics card and top of the line everything, and it still was only maybe 650 or 700 um, and he put it together himself, which was like a giant Lego set. Very fun. Um, but it can be done for a very reasonable amount of money. Um, yeah. Just if yeah. you're listening yeah. and you're thinking, oh, I can't spend $4,000 on a system. Well, you can still uh, get what you need for a reasonable amount of money. Um, look for that, that teen geek in your congregation who knows his stuff and send him to the ProPresenter site, right? Yeah. <laughs> look yeah. up those specs. Yeah, I, I think um, this is one of the things that I think uh, churches need to be cognizant of. If you have volunteers running this stuff, you're not paying someone $60,000, uh, $75,000, $100,000 a year. So why don't you spend just a fraction of that money and get them a decent computer that's not going to cause frustration where the worship leader is yelling back at them during service, why can't you keep up with the lyrics? Well, because they're hitting the button and it takes a while because you gave them a $20 computer that someone bought used off of eBay. That's not going to do the oh. trick. I mean, spend oh. a few hundred dollars at least on it. And that uh, poor and volunteer is not going to last long. He's going to throw in his throw in the towel quickly because uh, no one wants to be uh, responsible for mistakes like that that you have no control over. Right. So, um, you know, Paul, if you could give one uh, piece of advice, one big piece of advice to worship leaders and pastors in, in relation to their worship service um, and how to keep up with the change in technology, what would, you, what would you give them? What would that piece of advice be? Well, I think the first thing I'd say is remember that things take time. It's not that your tech person is 
asking for time because they are lazy. It's not that they're asking for time because they're trying to be obstinate. They're asking for time because the art that we do takes time. You wouldn't uh, show up and have the pastor say, okay, we need a totally new song that's unlike anything you've ever done before, and we're starting now. But on par with that is what uh, people that run technology are asked to do every Sunday. They show up, and the pastor, on the way up to give the message, says, hey, I'm going to show this video, and hands them a thumb drive or hands them a note with the URL on it. No, you need some time. Uh, churches that are very successful with this, they'll have a cutoff time of you know, Wednesday before Sunday so that they have some time to co collect the resources and some time to be creative because our subconscious brains need some time to chew on things, to get the best ideas out there. And if you as a pastor are getting done with your sermon right before church, that's just not going to cut it. it you're not going to be as effective as you could be and not going to reach as many people as you could be. So please give more time. That's a really great uh, piece of advice, Paul. Um, so just to reiterate, because this extends even beyond the worship tech, um, you know, church communicators, not every church has a, a, a church communication direct, director, but many do, or they have somebody who's been tagged with all of that. And just like you wouldn't, you wouldn't ask, somebody to print a bulletin five minutes before the church service um, because logistically you can't print it and fold them and hand them out or get them to wherever, wherever they need to go. Um, in that same vein, technology, just because it is more instantaneous, um, the way that we can make changes, you still, um, as, a, as a pastor or a leader in your church, you still need to respect the people that are putting those elements together so that they can have enough time uh, to be creative and to be excellent, right? We want to do everything with excellence as unto the Lord, and that definitely extends to technology. There's mm -hmm. sometimes you're not in control of those elements. A computer crashes unknowingly or something fails, the Wi-Fi goes out, whatever it is, but the things that we are in control over, um, we, we want to do to the best of our ability. So yeah. thank you. That's a great tip. I, and I think that I'd uh, say remember that Excellence isn't perfectionism. It's doing the best you can with what you have. So um, I used to say, if God wanted perfect, he'd do it himself. He wants us to do our best, but we're not perfect. We make mistakes. And so give your people grace in that. You know, if someone is constantly checking their phone, you know, lead them through that. But if they're doing their best and it's just a technological problem that no one could have foreseen don't come down on them hard if it's something where i've seen this happen this has actually happened in my past the pastor would hand us the message uh thankfully it was a digital file but it was during the prayer right before the message started and then we'd have to move that digital file onto the presentation computer and start it and then He'd say, and this picture, and the picture wasn't there. And then he, he'd get mad at us that the picture wasn't there. Well, you didn't give us the picture. We can't show what's not there. And you didn't give us enough time to look at it to go, wait, I'm looking at this manuscript, and it says there's a picture here, and there's no picture there. So 
we really need to be gracious with each other and to uh, do our best, yes, deliver something that's quality, that we were, we're serving the Lord in what we do, but also give enough time, give enough margin. We need that. So we're recording this um, episode during the COVID-19 quarantine. A lot of states are just beginning to open up and a lot of churches are kind of scrambling to understand their county and state regulations in terms of, you know, how they can open at what capacity. Some are choosing not to open and to wait. Some are choosing, you know, to go ahead with it. In terms of a video, since our conversation today is around um, video streaming and uh, worship software, um, for those churches that had ProPresenter in place, such as my uh, church, you know, it was pretty seamless, although it's a completely different type of video um, produced when there's no audience. What have you seen or have you, has your phone been ringing off the hook during this time uh, with, with churches coming to you asking for advice on what they should do and how they should differentiate their video for or streaming only when there's no in-person meetings? And like, what have you seen kind of overall? I'd love to hear from you on that. Yeah, I've, I've talked to churches all over the country and uh, a couple outside of the U.S. And um, a lot of churches have been pre-recording services, which there's a lot of advantages to that. Uh, you need less equipment. You can get a higher quality uh, service out there and you can just have that ready to go. And no one needs to show up at six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday for it to show up on, at 9 a.m. Uh, for the congregation. So that's all great. But what I'm seeing as we're starting to move back in person is I'm hearing some churches say, oh, that's great. Now we don't have to live stream anymore. No, that, that's wrong. You're forgetting all these people that really need to be included still. Uh, if you think of the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, think that you've got two questions that people are asking. Uh, question one, should they be in public? If they're at an at-risk at group, that's probably 20% of people. So that leaves 80% of your congregation that even could show up on time. The other question is, do they feel safe even if they actually are safe? And so of the remaining 80%, probably another 20% are don't feel safe, whether they should feel safe or not. They just don't feel safe, so they're not showing up. So you could have almost half of your congregation not showing up. And if you're not doing anything to serve them, even though your doors are open, you're leaving out a huge swath of the population. So I really encourage every church to keep live streaming, keep having something up uh, so that you can reach people and really continue to impact them. Well, that's great advice. Um, especially as a lot of states are only, you know, they're allowing 25% of their building capacity. So, I mean, really that leaves 75% of people mm -hmm. um, at home still watching um, and there's no children's services. So if you have young families, it's going to make a lot of sense to keep, keep worshiping from your uh, living room couch. So 
Right. Well, thanks, Paul. We are really thrilled with all the information that you provided. And I want to point people to um, churchtechu.com. That's the, the letter U. So churchtech and the letter U.com for Paul's many uh, helpful courses uh, for churches. Register. Thanks again, Paul, for joining us on this podcast today. It's been really great having you, having your insight um, and history with, uh, with worship software. Thank you, Paul. Well, you're welcome.